Hello, hello. This is Deo Muano from Persevere to Excel podcast. I am so excited to be here with you. It is a cold day in New Hampshire. That's where I live. And I'm just excited for our for the conversation today. We're going to talk about pain, paralysis, embracing the uncomfortableness and being able to persevere and excel. All right, all right. How you doing? This is Dale. This is the first podcast of 2022, and I'm so pumped for this first podcast. I'm super pumped. Part of the podcast today, we're going to focus on how do you embrace the uncomfortableness? So that's pain, um, just the uncomfortable feelings you might have, being placed in a position where you got to stretch yourself, and then how do you move forward? Because in life, a lot of times what I've learned is in order to break through and break free, you got to be able to embrace that process, that process of saying, hey, this is the reality, but I'm not going to run away from this. I'm going to embrace it. and I'm going to persevere forward. So some of you, most of us, right? Like I, when I say you, I'm also saying us. We've already broken our New Year's resolution that we put in place in terms of improving our health, being better with our sleep, eating better, maybe taking our, uh, you know, the, the, the pills, vitamin pills that we need to take, working out, writing things, right? If you wanted to journal, keeping in touch with your friends, right? Like whatever the goal that you put in place that you set for yourself that you felt that it was important, we've already broken it. What are we going to do about it? Well, the opportunity is you don't got to wait until the beginning of the year in order to start new. You can literally have a new start every single week, every single day. And that's the cool part about us human, the fact that we have the power to change and shift and change our course of action or embrace new ideologies and new processes, especially when it connects to who we are and what we want to do. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what does that look like? What does it look like for you? And I'm going to try to give some examples of how, how I process it, right? Because I believe that in order to achieve your goal, it's less about the end. It's more about how you get there and what you put in place in order to endure the process. And that's why a lot of the work that I do, it's about persevering, right? Figuring out. What does it look like for me to create my own cheat sheet that's going to allow me to be able to actualize and normalize the process in which it will take for me to get to the goal that I set for myself? And as you normalize the process, part of you creating your own cheat sheet, I know when a lot of times people say, oh, you know, a cheat sheet might not be the best thing. Well, you're creating a cheat sheet for yourself. First, you got to know yourself. You got to know who you are, what drives you, what contributes to the actions and behaviors that you make, the decisions that you make. What makes you exciting, right? What motivates you to do stuff? It's really important to know that because when you know that, then you can put that in place when you set your expectations of what is possible for you. So part of the goals that you've set that you've already broken in 2022, 
not to feel sad about it, right? It's not to say, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I set myself a failure. It's not about that. Because the reality is, if you would have actualized the fact that you're going to break it, that you were going to have some challenges along the way that was going to deter you from actually pursuing the goal, then it would have set that you would have you would have been better informed to set the right gargoyle in place. So then when you got out of the path, you can come right back and restart again. So today in this podcast, I want to encourage you. You have the ability to have a new start every single day, every hour. You can you can have a new start. Yes, yes. If you messed up like the previous hours, like you can say, okay, in the next couple of minutes when this new hour hit. I'm going to have a new beginning. I'm going to have a new start. And on that new start, as you move forward, it's also important for you to actualize what is it actually going to take for you to be able to conquer it this time around. And the smaller the tasks are, the more realistic it is that you are going to put the right process in place to be able to achieve your goals. And for some people, you're, you might be really good at executing. You just you're just unsure like what what happens, what contributes to you when you when you end up derailing, right? Like you were so good at it, and then also something happened, and you're like, whoa! It's been months and months, or weeks and weeks before I went back, before I went back to the path that I set for myself. So when I talk about perseverance, I really talk about the the tangible things that helps you along the way as you encounter. Challenges, difficulties. And those tangible things has to be personal. The driver of it that contributes to the actual completion or commitment that you make, it comes from you. The process might be something that's external, right? Someone else wrote the rules, right? It's a different process in place for that particular thing, right? So you got to understand like, what part of the goal you have ownership of and then what part of the goal someone else has set the standard. And then how do you show up in order to do both, right? Where you have ownership, you have to continue to maintain. Where someone else has set the standard or the rules and the policies and regulation around that particular experience, you have to make sure that you understand it. And then the cool part is integrating it together. For example, if you decide you wanted to enroll in a class in that class, you felt like it was going to give you the skill that you need in order for you to improve on certain skills that you don't have. So example of that, you want to be a better writer, right? Because you have this idea that you're going to write this book eventually in your life. So you being able to write the book, that goal is your goal. The benefit of it is based on you, whatever that means, right? What's the significance of you writing that book? But the gap is you realizing that, hey, I'm not a good writer. I got to spend some time on improving my writing. So the standard of being a good writer is set by someone else, right? Set by regulations of example if you're writing in english right like english structure and what it would you know sentence formulation or ideas or paragraph or 
arguments or the way that you put your story together, right? Like all those rules, like it's, it's, those are written by somewhere else, right? But the goal in which you are pursuing, that's you, that's personal. So you have to be able to actualize one, the class that I'm going to sign up with, sign up on, that's going to help me become a better writer. That if I become a better writer, then I'm going to have added tools that will allow me to understand how I need to write this particular thing, that I, this book that I want to write, right? So I can become better on it. So it's really important to be able to differentiate, right? The standards that are by someone else, external standards, and the standards that are internal, which is more of you, right? Like the, the, the expectation that you've put on yourself. And then you got to evaluate. Is the professor the right professor? Is what they're asking for requirements of what I submit on a weekly basis? Like, is that like manageable for me? And then more importantly, at the end, when I am done, am I going to be a better writer than what I was before I signed up for the project? So all of that, like that's process oriented, right? Like that's like, that's minutiae. Like you're going into the detail. And the more you are in tune with the detail, the better you become in setting the realistic expectation. But those expectations will also require for you to allocate some resources in order for you to achieve that particular goal. In this case, yeah, you find out that that particular class requires a fee. You got to pay a fee, right? Do you have the money for it? Are you going to take a loan? Like all of this process, right? Like, so let's say you're able to cover kind of the basic needs, right? So you're able to find a way to pay for the class. You're able to allocate time for the class. Now you're there. Now you're actually like, you're actually present in the experience. For some of us, that dream ends up fading away because we're not even able to get to the, to the, to the experience itself to actually participate, right? So, so that idea of like, oh, you know, it might be great for me to take a writing class. Like for some of us, that's where it's going to end. Just, it's just an idea. And you might actually even sit on that for so long, years and years and years. But remember, your goal is to write the book. That's the driver. That's the end goal. But you realize that you're never going to write that book until you get the right skill set that you need so you can know how to write the book. The more you derail that particular piece of the journey around taking the class, the more likely you would be prevented from ever getting to that big goal, which is you writing that book. So it's really, really important to be able to actualize this. And for some of us, it's much easier to not think in detail because when you think in detail, then there's an accountability that you have on yourself that says, oh, I actually know what I got to do in order for me to achieve this particular goal that I've set for myself. Because once you've actualized what the next steps are and you choose not to do it, then some of us, we feel guilty about it. We're like, man, I'm so guilty. I feel so guilty. I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to do that. Right? That's just an, this is just an example that I'm providing. But when you actualize it and you're willing to do kind of the preliminary work that will get you into the room, right? Or into that setting or into that whatever it is, the space that you need to be at, then the opportunity is really about what do, what do you do once you're there? 
So you overcame the first step, which you sign up for the class and you allocated time and then you show up in the class. And then some of the negative emotions and feelings that you have about yourself when it comes to writing starts coming to life, right? So you're sitting there like, I'm not a good writer. I don't even know why I'm here. Whoa, but you just forgot like all the energy that drove you to, to get into this class. Now you're here and now you're beginning to second guess. So now your opportunity is to confront that second guessing and feeling and emotion that you have in your heart. You have to convince yourself that, listen, I made this commitment. The reason why I'm here is because of this and because of that. And I'm going to be able to achieve this regardless of how I feel, regardless of what negative thoughts and feelings that I have about myself. That is where Persevere starts. And if you're really good at it, before you even get to that point where you're sitting in the classroom, you've already actualized how you're going to encounter those feelings when they arise once the opportunity is provided. That's what Persevere is about. Persevere is about assessing the situation assessing yourself, figuring out what do you need to do? And more importantly, what mindset do you need to have in order to encounter the emotional feelings that might be negative that will prevent you from pursuing that particular thing that you believe is important to you? So when you have that preventative approach you've already played that future self in place hey i know how i get you know i'm gonna be there in the classroom and i'm gonna be so scared the first day so then the first day happens you encounter those feelings and emotion who are you talking to you talking to me i made this commitment because i believe in myself i've sacrificed this investment in order to be here to take this writing class because I want to improve my writing skills so I can write this book. This is why I am here. I am going to be able to achieve this. You know, that self-battle, you know, that self-battle that you have at times, that self-battle is real. And for a lot of us, that's when that's when we're conquered, right? Like this is that's when we're defeated. We're defeated internally first before we even get a chance to face that particular feeling externally. And who are you facing? Who are you fighting against internally? Most of the time you're fighting against yourself. Those negative self-taught, those negative, you know, voices that are in your head telling you otherwise and and, and when you give them those voices a benefit of the doubt, it's a wrap. Those voices are going to eat you, eat you up from the inside in. And you know what gets what you do? You end up backpedaling. Oh, this is not me. I don't know what I was thinking. I just wasted all this money. But when you face it, it's because you understand who you are internally. You understand what those drivers are. The drivers are just the behaviors and the influences that positively impacts you on pursuing something and negatively impacts you on not pursuing something. 
So when you're in that situation, you're sitting there in the classroom, first you have to overcome your own self-taught, your own voices. No, I got this. I made this commitment for the next eight weeks. I'm going to achieve it. So whatever you got to say to me, forget you. I made this commitment. I'm in this journey. I got this. I'm going to achieve this goal. So you can sit aside while I engage in this. Clear your mind and be focused in the goal that you've set for yourself. And the teachers start teaching and you're literally reading all this stuff and you're like, all right. And then the next thing about persevering is applying. You have to be able to apply yourself. Because when you apply yourself, then you are in the action. Even if you suck at it, even you're not, even if you're not good at it at first, at least you are trying. All the tools that you are learning as part of that class, you want to create the space to engage and apply the skill set. Even if it's not perfect. Even if it's not the best work. But at least you're giving yourself an opportunity to engage. And this is the second piece of where people struggle when it comes to perseverance. You might be able to conquer your self-negative thoughts because you know yourself and you know how it influences you. And now you've moved on from that. And now it's about application. Putting your words into action. Putting what you're learning into action. This is the only way you're going to interact with the opportunity. It's only a dream when you're thinking about it. But when you're in it, the only way for you to interact with the opportunity is by applying yourself. Practicing. So you're in the class, you're learning all these techniques. You allocate some time in order for you to start practicing. So you start writing different things and trying different techniques. That's the first act, engaging in a creation. And once you start creating, then you find an opportunity to get feedback. Oh, Harry Goat, feedback. Something that we all are so scared of. Something that we all are, that we hate. Because you know what comes with feedback? Criticism. We are so scared about getting criticized. Because if we're criticized in a negative way, then it goes back to those emotional voices that we have. If we're not strong enough emotionally, automatically it's that see i told you you're not good enough what you what were you thinking and when it's external sometimes it weighs even more because they're not going to validate who we are they're, they're going to think we're posers they're going to think we're not good enough but embracing that criticism as part of the feedback process it allows you to get the perspective beyond just you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that all the feedback that you're getting external 
Externally, it's the be all and end all. But at least it gives you an opportunity to assess on where you are. So as you get those feedback, you continue to go into the drawing process of iteration. Applying what you're learning, the skill set that you're learning over and over and over and over and over again. Until it becomes easier, you start becoming more and more competent. And that competent, you're going to need some external validation in order to show, to prove that you are making progress. And when you're in that process and you've actualized that that's the process that it's going to take in order to get to that end goal, then you've set a realistic expectation of what the process is going to be. But if we're not able to do that, then we set ourselves up to not be able to pursue the goals and milestones that we've set for ourselves in order to achieve that particular goal that we want to make come to reality. And persevering is the strength and energy and power that will help drive you one step at a time, one milestone at a time, one proof concept at a time until you are able to reach those milestones. And when you reach those milestones, you start celebrating the achievement that will give you the energy to continue to pursue forward until you reach that goal. And for some of us, there's certain aspect of the journey where we're going to break. For some, our mental voices will always be a big factor. For some of us, our ability to allocate time to develop the skill set will always be critical. And then allocating time to practice, engaging in the process of improvement and opening the space for feedback beyond ourselves especially if we are engaging with those who are subject matter experts or those who have experiences around that particular thing, those feedback are so critical. And you got to be able to identify the areas that you're, you're making improvement in, the, the areas that, that that particular experience might come super easy for you because you already have the attributes that allows you to excel. But your proactive plan sets a realistic expectation of who you are and what it will take for you to get to that end goal. So yes, some of us have given up on certain goals that we set for the year already. I would like to encourage you, go back to those goals. And maybe the first question is not about 
How do you get back on track? Maybe the first goal, the first question is, why is this goal important for me? Why is it meaningful? What does it represent? When I reach that goal, how am I going to feel? What is it going to mean for me? Once you identify what the drivers are for the pursuit, then you want to actualize it and you want to make it tangible. You want to hold on to it, that there's no excuses. There's no setback that's going to push you back that you have control over in order to prevent you from reaching that goal. You want to actualize it. And then once you're in it, right? It's an eight, eight weeks class, right? So like there's up and down, up and You have to normalize the pain. The pain of sacrifice. The pain of acquiring new knowledge, new information, new skill set. And then the practice. The practice comes with allocation of time. For some of us, we never get to our goals because we don't want to give up our time. We don't want to sacrifice our time. The reality is you only have so much time. And not every single goal that you set in place will just fit into your existing schedule. If it's important, you're going to have to carve out some time so you can pursue it. If you don't carve out the time, then you don't have the time to practice. You don't have the, pra- the time to feel the pain. When you're practicing, you're going to feel the pain of being molded. The struggle of being molded. Pain and uncomfortableness. Challenges. Is part of the journey of persevering. If you are so happy and energized about pursuing that particular goal. But you've underestimated the discomfort. Once the discomfort happens, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be more likely influenced to give up. And then you're going to come up with all these reasons of why you couldn't do it and this and that and I'm this. But if you take ownership and you don't give up, you confront those negative feelings and emotions. And there's no excuses of why you can't. There's only the reason of why you can. And you allowed the why I can to be at the forefront of the endurance that you need to show up, to practice, and to engage. For example, if you want to build some muscles, right? Certain muscles, you're going to have to feel some pain as you're working out in order to develop those muscles, right? 
the discomfort, right? If you want to get bigger arms or whatever it is. But when you go to the gym, your expectation is, oh, yeah, I'm not going to feel any discomfort and I'm not going to feel any pain and I'm not going to. But I'm just going to, you know what I mean? I'm just going to do whatever I need to. So I don't, I don't, I don't have to push myself so hard. And well, the result will be the result that you get based on that, right? As your muscles are being stretched, that's how, you know, that's that's how you're getting muscle, right? So that's why it's important to be able to actualize that, that discomfort of the process. The sooner you actualize the discomfort of the process, the better it is for you to be able to set the right standard of what it's going to be when you're actually in the journey. So most of the time when people come to me and say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm celebrating with you. You got it. But then I ask, how are you, how are you going to embrace the, the discomfort? Like, well, ah, okay, you're not ready. You didn't think about that. Because those who excel, first of all, those who persevere are the ones that have been able to set a realistic expectation of the discomfort that it's going to take along the way when you're in the journey. And those who excel are the ones that are able to persevere through by embracing the process that it comes with, with the discomfort. And as you overcome the discomfort, you start reaching your milestone, then you're on the other side, which is the excelling piece. We normalize it. And when you're... When you normalize it ahead of time, when you're facing it, you're already familiar with it. That intimidation, right? That the feeling of discomfort, the feeling of pain, the feeling of, oh, I can't do it. Like, if you already explored it, you've already ex- examined it. When it's happening, you're ready for it. You already know. How, you, you know how it's going to be. You know what it's going to say. You know how it's going to face you face to face. And then you're also ready to face it face to face. Come on, let's go. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. I know. I know I'm going to start feeling that way when that, when that happens or when I get to this point. But I'm ready to face it. And when you're there, you continue to strategize. of What is it going to look like for you to endure it? From the moment you turn around, you run away. You're starting from zero again. You got to get back to that position again where you got to face it again. And that's the thing that we don't actualize when we think about overcoming some of the challenges or what we're pursuing, right? In the example that I gave in the, you know, regarding like someone trying to write and they want to write a book eventually, but they sign up for a writing class and they have to kind of go through all this process of you know showing up and engaging and getting feedback that could be applied in all the different areas of our life. I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go out there and, and build the business around this idea, right? You put the perfect plan in place. And first rejection, second rejection, third rejection, fourth rejection. For some of us, by the second rejection, we quit. Ah, yeah, that wasn't for me. For some of us, the first rejection that we get. Why? Because we focus so much on our plan. We thought our plan was perfect. 
we thought we had all the skill set prior to be able to show up and just hit it out of the park. And now I'm getting rejected? I'm not made for this. Rejection is part of the process. So I, I remember when I was stepping out to go completely independent. I went to some banks, you know, to try to get a little something so I can have some cushion room so I can build my product and build my services. And the bank's like, oh, you don't have this. You don't have that. I'm like, all right, here you go. But I knew it because I knew for sure that, like, there's certain things that I needed to show within my business in order for banks to feel comfortable enough to fund to fund some of the projects that I had. So I knew at that stage I needed to find alternative routes. And that's part of being resourceful, right? How you overcome the challenges that you face is heavily influenced on how resourceful you are. And part of being resourceful is being okay with having different options. And some of those options might feel more like a detour in order to get to where you where you want to go. But if you don't have the resources, then you have to you have to do all that other options before you get to a point where you're like, all right, now that I've gotten the resources, I'm ready to move on forward. And I think that's really important. That's really, really important when you think about goal setting, right? Pursuing your goals. Got to set realistic expectation around the process in which you take. So that's why it's really, really important to understand what are the requirements? What does it take? And I want to go back to that rejection piece. Today, I've been running my consultant firm for the last three and a half years full time for over five years And a lot of the, the, sometimes there's a lot of RFP out there. And those RFP are just, you know, request form for proposal. If a company or organization is looking for certain services, they have those tasks out there, right? The requests that are out there that you got to submit and multiple people are competing with it. And in the beginning, I was like, wow, like I didn't get it. Like what's going on? But now like I expect it. It's actually interesting. Now I am even more evaluative of the organization and the people of the organization in my consideration of submitting an RFP when I see an RFP that might be relevant to the work that I offer. But I have normalized the process that not every single RFP that I submit We'll, we'll even lend an interview. And then when I lend an interview, it's more about positioning my services in the process in which I know that I can be the best based on the way that I need to show up. And at any time within that process, if I feel like it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to compromise who I am and what I believe in, then I have to make that reflection, that decision right away to say, ah, oh, this is not for me. Even if the money is good, even if it's good money, right? Like it might be like a six-figure RFP. Like it's less about that for me because what? It goes back to my value that I was saying earlier. What are the driver? And for me, I want to I do business with integrity. With integrity. 
Because that integrity element, I'm defining what it is for me. And it has to align within my core principles of who I am and how I want to show up. So if it doesn't, that's already part of my blueprint. I have to make that evaluation to say, you know what? Yeah, that's not for me. And I'm okay. I'm completely okay about it. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I missed this opportunity. Oh, I'm so sad. No. Wasn't a value alignment. There's going to be something else down the road that's more for me. But I want to come back to the idea of embracing the discomfort. What is it for you when you think about something that you want to pursue where you feel stuck because either you're scared, scared of rejection, criticism, scared of failing? Listen, failure is part of the process. The more you fail, the more you learn of not what to not do. Yes, Failure also comes with sacrificing because once you're in the process, the commitment that you make, you might allocate time, resources, right? It takes, there's a commitment there. And then every time you, you know, it doesn't work out, you have to pick it up and do it again, right? So that's, if you believe that it's part of the process, then it's, it's the iterative way of improving and growing. And sometimes you can learn by watching how other people have struggled around certain things. So then you don't have to do it that way, right? But when you're in the driver's seat, you have to be able to actualize that. And if you can't actualize it, then you're going to have to do some, some, some other stuff first before you even get to the point where you're ready to make that investment or to make that commitment. And it's important too to to also actualize that. Like when I'm on the bottom, right? What is that going to look like? So here's an example. So we we work with different communities, and and sometimes we 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 help put together some diversity, equity, and inclusion survey. And every time we're working through that survey, we actually have a really awesome process of coming up with those survey we focus very much so in the community that we're working with in order to try to have them involved in the creation of the survey as possible. So I have a data analysis researcher that works with me at a part-time basis. And he's amazing. Like he, he's worked on so many different projects with really big organizations. So I work hand to hand with him. So the partners that I'm working with within the communities, I get them together and I ask them a set of questions to say, what do you want to learn from this initiative? And then I identify all the different stakeholders that make up the, 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 the organization or the community or the school or the business. And then I engage with them and say, what do you want to learn from this process? How do you define diversity or how do you define the problem that you're facing that you want to solve? So they are in it. They're part of the process. And then when we come up with the questions, some of the questions are directly from them. And then we, you know, we, we, we edit it, we, we change it up. But throughout the entire process of creating it, they're involved with it. And I know for sure when we provide feedback during that process, people are going to chew it out. But it's not about me. 
It's about their community. So I take myself out of the picture and I'm focusing more on the actual thing that's brought me together with them, which is this particular survey that we're working on. So when they start providing feedback about the survey, I don't feel offended by it because it's not about me. You know, some people will be like, well, you're spelling or this is like, well, yeah, it's all part of the process as we're finalizing, we're changing the, the, the language, we're changing what we're asking, right? It's, that's all part of the process. And then more importantly is the content, how the content are presented for different participants and different audiences. We, we want to make sure that we're not excluding any any groups, but at the same time, we also want to make sure that it is appropriate. But every time those survey, when they're finalized and it goes out to the larger community, that's, it's public facing, either internally within an organization or within a community. I'm always ready that someone's going to read something, they're going to feel offended and, and they might be impacted by, what do we do after that? Because in the culture that we're in now it's super hypertension people feel like they're being targeted and some people are being targeted but for me it's really important to be able to start from the positive intention of an initiative and allow that to be in the forefront and then let that the process be collaboratively so I've embraced that criticism is going to be part of the process. Am I always passive when I'm getting criticized about something? No. But at the end of the day, that's part of my model. I'm creating the space to say, tell me, how do you feel about this? How does it pertain to your community? What do you like? What do you not like about it? So I would, I'd encourage you as you think about the goals that you've set for yourself, it's not too late to restart. But put the right process in place that will normalize the discomfort so you're ready to go through the feelings that might not be the best feelings as you are pursuing the goal that you've set out for yourself. Embrace the iterative process of you practicing and honing a new skill or a new commitment so you can build the endurance to go from one milestone to another milestone. And before you know it, you've achieved multiple milestones. And the more milestones you achieve, you get closer to the end goal of where you want to be. As much as you are focusing on the positive result of the end goal, let the discomfort and the pain that you have to endure along the way to be where your focus is. So when you encounter it, you're not surprised and there's a less of a chance of you turning around and giving up and saying, this is not for me. So as you think about your 2022, we're almost a month out. 
a month in. What are you willing to come back to and say, you know what? I'm going to put back, I'm going to put that goal back in my agenda. I'm going to put that goal back in my agenda and I'm going to have realistic expectation for myself. I'm going to be able to identify what the value is. And if that, and if the value is important, I'm going to keep the value in the forefront because I know what it represents for me. I'm going to make the commitment and allocate the time and the resources that he needs. And when I'm in the, the driver's seat of the learning and the practice, I'm willing to make mistakes and I'm willing to get criticized. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be resourceful to continue to build upon. So I build endurance. So I'm able to persevere. And eventually I'm able to excel. Well, persevere is personal. We define what persevere is based on who we are and the characteristic that shapes us. But the only way we can make it a reality is by the process in which we put in place to engage with who we are and who we want to be around a particular thing. And being able to endure the process of being molded. Thank you so much. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Share with your friends and family. This is Deo Muano. Have a great day. Persevere to excel. Go get it.